Welcome to The Backstory with Dr. Ricky Singh. This podcast is focused on bringing you the latest research-based information about dramatically improving health, well-being, and quality of life. And here's your host, Dr. Ricky Singh. Welcome to The Backstory, and thank you for joining us today, taking time from your busy week. And today I want to take a deep dive into the area of supplements and their use in osteoarthritis. But before we get into the supplements, let's talk a little bit about arthritis. So arthritis is a general term we use, and essentially it describes inflammations in joint. Osteoarthritis, also called degenerative joint disease, is probably the most common types of arthritis. However, when most of us say the word arthritis, we're really speaking about osteoarthritis. And when a patient develops osteoarthritis, that's associated with a breakdown of cartilage in the joints, and this commonly occurs in the large areas of the body, such as hips, knees, and the spine. And common treatment methods for osteoarthritis don't necessarily change the progression of the disease. They help with mobility, they can help with pain and function. And today we're going to discuss if there are supplements that can help slow the breakdown of cartilage which is a significant part of osteoarthritis or the disease causing joint degeneration. So let's talk about cartilage. What is cartilage? Cartilage is the firm rubbery material that covers the ends of bones in normal joints. And the main function of cartilage is to reduce the friction in the joints to really serve as a shock absorber. And the reason why cartilage is so good as a shock absorber comes from its ability to kind of change shape when forces are applied to the joint. And because cartilage is composed mostly of water, about 70% of water, when various forces are applied to the cartilage, those forces can be redistributed with movement. For example, let's say you're standing and walking. That force of gravity is applied to the knee, that water enters the cartilage and coats the joint and prevents the bone from rubbing up against the other bone. On the other hand, when there is no force, like when you're sitting or lying down, that water is reabsorbed from the cartilage and that cartilage retains its normal original shape. And the reason why none of this hurts is because cartilage doesn't really have nerve supply. So you don't feel it when your cartilage changes shapes with different degrees of motion from sitting, standing, walking, and even jumping. If cartilage did have nerves, all of these maneuvers would be pretty painful and you wouldn't function as well as you should. And what happens when you start developing this condition called osteoarthritis is that the cartilage in the joint starts to become stiff. It starts to lose its elasticity. It starts to lose the water content. And over time, some of that cartilage is going to start wearing away in some areas. Its ability to shock absorb is gradually going to decline. And that's when bones start rubbing up against bones You can develop bone spurs, the tendons, the ligaments, all those things start taking on more load, which causes the joint to degenerate as a whole. The goal of osteoarthritis treatment is typically to decrease pain, of course, improve stiffness, improve mobility and stability, and mostly it's to allow people to perform their activities of daily living or participate in the sports they like to participate in or play with their kids and grandkids. 
And the way we typically treat osteoarthritis is with medications such as anti-inflammatories. Of course, exercise and physical therapy are the backbone of any osteoarthritis treatment program. We talked about heat and cold to help with the painful joints, sometimes bracing or crutches or footwear orthotics can help take the stress off the joint. Oftentimes we discuss injections in the clinic, such as cortisone injections, which certainly aren't ideal for the joint health, but also injections of hyaluronic acid, which is essentially collagen uh, that can support the cartilage in the knee. Newer treatments such as stem cells and regenerative treatments are coming up with promising research. And if none of these treatments work, then yes, we do refer patients to have joint replacement surgery um, when these other treatments are no longer effective. But if you have hip or knee arthritis or shoulder arthritis or even spine arthritis, many patients come in wondering if supplements can help with the pain and if supplements can improve the functionality of their joints. And there have been numerous natural supplements that have been discussed and promoted for osteoarthritis. And today we're going to discuss just three of them and to see what their efficacy looks like. So the first is curcumin. And the chemical compound curcumin is actually found in turmeric, which is a plant root used for cooking. And it's very spicy that gives Indian food a lot of its flavoring and its golden color. And curcumin is actually the active component that lives in turmeric, which has anti-inflammatory and anti-rheumatic properties. And there has been some data to suggest that it is effective in treating knee arthritis symptoms. Now, you notice that I'm mentioning symptoms and not underlying pathology because very little data suggests that curcumin actually improves what the joint looks like or regenerates cartilage. But in terms of symptomatic relief, there has been some studies to show its efficacy. One of the things about curcumin is that it only accounts for like 3 to 5% of turmeric, which is the root. So in order to get all of the curcumin you need to achieve its anti-inflammatory benefits, you either A, need to take a supplement, or B, take in a lot of turmeric. Now, if you've ever cooked with turmeric spice, it's that very chalky, golden yellow orange spice. And to get the sufficient amount of curcumin from the turmeric spice, you would need to use eight tablespoons per serving. And if you're familiar with this spice, you know that that's a lot of yellow color all over your hands and all over your kitchen counter. Your meal is going to be very, very chalky. So if you're looking for a supplement that contains curcumin, look for something that says 95% curcuminoids. And we'll talk about that in a second. Many of the studies that have come out on knee arthritis have found that the curcumin that's the most easily absorbable seems to have the best effect on reducing pain. And these are things such as theracurmin and the C3 complex. Most curcumin supplements contain not only curcumin, but also two chemicals called D-methoxycurcumin and bidemoxycurcumin. And these compounds collectively are called curcuminoids. And these are what are thought to have have the anti-inflammatory benefits. In order to achieve the results of some of the clinical studies, which have been shown to reduce symptomatic pain from knee arthritis, most data suggest using a curcumin supplement of 500 to 1,000 milligrams, again, that contains 95% curcuminoids. One of the biggest questions patients have is absorption and pepper or one of pepper's primary chemical components called piperine is included with curcumin supplements that shows that it does aid in the absorption of curcumin. But the question still begs, how does curcumin 
actually work. Many speculate and hypothesize that curcumin is an antioxidant. And we all suspect that most painful arthritis is related to the inflammation that's caused by free radicals in the body. And free radicals occur naturally in the body, but if too many free radicals are circulating, it can cause oxidative stress, which can lead to inflammation, which can then lead to joint pain and decreased function. So there are many natural ways to decrease oxidation in the body, such as green leafy vegetables, seafoods that are high in omega-3 fatty acids, all of these things neutralize these free radicals. The other way curcumin is thought to work is through inhibition of one of our body's big inflammation mediators, something called TNF, tumor necrosis factor. And basically, this is a chemical that's produced by the immune system that causes inflammation. And curcumin can inhibit TNF, although the way this is done is not fully understood at a chemical level. There is a lot of research showing how this can be done. And the last way curcumin works is similar to the way a COX-2 inhibitor works. So there are many different types of non-steroidal anti-inflammatories, such as the common ones like ibuprofen and naproxen. All of them work by blocking both COX-1 and COX-2. And there are also the selective COX-2 inhibitors, drugs like Celebrex, which you may have heard of, or back in the day, there's a medication called Vioxx. And these preferentially block the COX-2 enzymes, which cause inflammation and lead to pain. So researchers have found that curcumin has chemical properties that are similar to COX inhibitors, which can, again, decrease inflammation and provide a modest amount of pain relief. The second supplement I want to discuss is omega-3 fatty acids. There's a lot of research that suggests that eating foods high in omega-3 fatty acids can reduce knee arthritis pain and improve function. Again, I keep stressing how these supplements improve functionality and can decrease pain associated with arthritis, but are yet to prove any change in the degree or the progression of arthritis. Now, most omega-3s come in fish oils, so you hear them synonymously, fish oils and omega-3s. But for those out there who are vegan, there are many great plant-based omega-3 fatty acids that are contained in walnut seeds or flax seeds. So have no reservation. If you are vegan, you can still achieve anti-inflammatory benefits through omega-3 fatty acids. Now, specifically, fish oil is loaded with two specific omega-3 fatty acids, DHA and EPA. I will spare you from pronouncing both of these acid words, but essentially these help break down inflammation in the body. There's also been a tremendous amount of literature showing the potential to protect the heart and the brain, but specific to arthritis, new data is coming out looking at the ratio of omega-3s to omega-6. So let's talk about that for one second. Both omega-3s and omega-6 fatty acids are polyunsaturated fatty acids, and they're both essential to the body. However, there are significant important differences between the two. First, Omega-3 fatty acids are associated with decreasing inflammation, and these are found in foods like I mentioned, fish oils, walnuts, flax seeds, green leafy vegetables, spinach, and it's not surprising that these are the foods that are commonly recommended as part of an anti-inflammatory diet. Omega-6 fatty acids, however, are associated with increased inflammation, and these are found mostly in vegetable oils, sunflower, corn oil, as well as a lot of meats such as chicken, pork, and beef. So an easy way to lower your intake of omega-6 fatty acids is simply to avoid fried foods. 
So instead of ordering French fries, just order a baked potato. But if you do that, make sure you go a little bit easy on the butter. And that brings me to the ideal ratio of omega-3 to omega-6. Now, the same enzyme is required in the body to metabolize and break down omega-6 and omega-3 acids. And for the most part, we're all going to eat a little bit more omega-6 than we will omega-3. And that's okay. I'm not judging you if you eat a lot of omega-6 fatty acids because we all do. What's concerning, though, is that in the standard American diet, most experts suspect that Americans, the typical ratio is about 16 to 1. 16 omega-6, which is the bad fatty acid, to 1 omega-3, which is the good fatty acid. And the ideal ratio is closer to 4 to 1. So there's a lot of room for improvement in the diet, which can lead to a reduction in inflammation and improved knee functionality if you modify your diet. And what the research has shown regarding omega-3 fatty acids and arthritis is in one study, researchers measured the ratio of omega-6 to omega-3 in blood samples from patients. And the experts then categorized each blood sample based on its ratio. They then compared knee pain and function of those people who had relatively high ratios of omega-6 to omega-3 to people who had relatively low ratios of omega-6 to omega-3. And not surprisingly, the results showed that individuals who had relatively high amounts of omega-3 in their blood had less knee pain, better knee function, and less stress. And certainly, while this study and others similar to this are encouraging, we definitely need more clinical research to learn about the effects of omega-3 and omega-6 on structural arthritis. And the final supplement I want to discuss is glucosamine and chondroitin sulfate. So what are these two compounds? Glucosamine sulfate and chondroitin sulfate are naturally occurring substances that are found in the connective tissues of bodies, most commonly in the cartilage that covers the ends of bones, like I mentioned earlier. And how do these impact osteoarthritis? So glucosamine sulfate is the primary building block for cartilage, and that's what gives cartilage its elastic properties. Glucosamine has been shown to stimulate the formation and the repair of cartilage, and when taken orally, glucosamine has been absorbed readily into the system and can be traced to the cartilage as soon as four hours after consumption. And similar to many of the non-steroidal drugs that I mentioned earlier, glucosamine has been shown to have unique anti-inflammatory effects. While some laboratory tests have suggested that there is a protective effect on cartilage, still higher quality studies need to be done to confirm this. There's also another form of glucosamine called glucosamine hydrochloride. Now, it's also available as a natural supplement, but is considered to be significantly less effective for the treatment of osteoarthritis. And most of the studies conducted contain glucosamine sulfate. So be sure to pick the correct supplement when looking at something to control arthritic pain. The second part of this is chondroitin sulfate. This is also a complex carbohydrate found in cartilage that helps hold on to water. Remember, the way in which cartilage exerts its shock absorbing benefit and protective benefit of the joint is because of its ability to hold on to water and by maintaining the integrity of the joint cavity chondroitin sulfate has been shown to improve the viscoelastic properties of the joint this 
compound has been studied much less extensively than glucosamine sulfate, but early research suggests that it can work as an anti-inflammatory to reduce joint pain. And while some laboratories suggest also that this may slow cartilage breakdown, higher powered, larger scale studies need to be done to confirm this. The biggest challenge when using supplements and talking about their effect on various conditions such as osteoarthritis is that many of these supplements are not subject to the approval by the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, and therefore they do not fall under the same rigorous and strict standards that traditional medications do. And the reason I mention is that is because there is not much quality control when it comes to supplements. Many of the studies that have shown efficacy have used a certain type of supplement that has high bioavailability. But when you look at systematic reviews and large-scale meta-analyses, it's difficult to conclude that these compounds successfully improve the quality of life in patients with arthritis because of the varying nature of some of these supplements. In addition, it's important to discuss using these medications with your doctor as they could interact with medications you might already be taking, such as blood thinning medications or medications that could affect your blood sugar. The biggest challenge right now when assessing the true benefit of supplements for knee arthritis is, as I mentioned, the supplements are heterogeneous. One glucosamine sulfate tab may not equal the same glucosamine sulfate tab in the bottle right next to it. There are many, many different forms of curcumin, all with varying degrees of high bioavailability. So the products aren't uniform. The materials are not standardized. So here's what I tell my patients. Try one supplement for three to six months. And if your pain is better and your function is improved, then let's make an educated decision on using this long-term. But There are costs associated with these supplements, so before we can state globally that these supplements are useful for patients suffering from osteoarthritis, the data just doesn't conclude that at this time. Each individual patient should take on an individualized treatment approach, and there have been many patients that benefit from curcumin and turmeric and some of these other supplements I mentioned, and some show no benefit. So I thank you for tuning in to The Backstory. We are working on furthering the science when it comes to supplements and joint pain. So stay tuned for what's to come. And until then, keep moving out there. We've got your back. Thanks for listening to The Backstory. Please subscribe, rate the podcast, and review The Backstory on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play Music. And feel free to share this podcast on social media or even your own website or blog. This podcast is for general information purposes only. It does not constitute the practice of medicine, including the giving of medical advice. No doctor-patient relationship is formed. The use of this information is at the user's own risk. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for medical advice. To learn more about Dr. Singh and his clinical research, please follow him on social media. You can also sign up for his newsletter by going to www.rickysinghmd.com. That's R-I-C-K-Y-S-I-N-G-H-M-D dot com.